Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Generally Casual. I am Michael, and joined with me today are your usual co-hosts, Corey and Richard. And joined with us are special amateur slash professional travel person is our dad. Not Corey's dad. Richard and I dad. Stephen Wincor. Hey, dad. Hello. <laughs> So we invited Mr. Stephen Wincor to come back onto the podcast because uh, we saw quite a people, quite a few people who enjoyed uh, <laughs> the previous travel update that we had with our talk about COVID and the pandemic and how it has severely limited your ability to travel. And since things are quote uh, knock on wood opening back up. <laughs> Um, we okay. are hoping that these new updates that Mr. Stephen Wincor, uh, it's weird to call him dad on the podcast, uh, <laughs> Father. It, Father, uh, <laughs> is going to, uh, explain to us how these travel policies have changed since about a year ago at this point. So dad, what would you like to start off with? So first I want to talk to everybody about the CDC site, that's Center for Disease Control. And uh, I'm encouraging people to go check out their site before you travel, both uh, within the United States as well as internationally. Um, They have a great website, which you'll see at some point, um, that's going to cover where you go to actually put in where you're trying to travel to. And for the most part, Um, If you're traveling to Antarctica, Greenland, uh, some small locations in the middle of nowhere, you're probably okay to go. But every place else, you probably ought to check out the site because it's things are not going as expected because of the variants that are out there with COVID. So... um, it's going to behoove everybody to take a look at the site. And it, the site actually has the ability for you to put in a location and it will give you the details about uh, traveling there. Um, as an example, if you wish to travel, say, out of the country, um, say to Costa Rica or someplace in South America, um, you, for, in order for entry, Typically, you need to fill out a questionnaire. Um, You will need to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test within 48 or 72 hours, depending on where you're going. And then probably one of the most key things is the United States will not let you back in without a negative COVID test. So many of the hotels are actually having the COVID test available at the hotel that's probably not cheap at all and no i I would guess it's probably like a hundred dollars at least uh some of the hotels are currently charging between 128 and 160 dollars per person for a covid test so make sure you factor that in when you budget your your trip please definitely (laughs) and you need to be aware that you'll need to do this um before you travel coming back um, 
It sounds all, like it would be rather difficult to make sure it aligns within that 48 to 72 hour time period as well. Like, well, because uh, it tends to be a little slow sometimes to get test results back. Uh, so the hotels where you're staying at are yeah. making those arrangements for you. But if you are not working through uh, a travel agency or uh, some reputable organization to make these arrangements for you, you really need to look into it yourself and call the hotel ahead of time uh, and, and see about those arrangements for your return trip. Got it. Um, the other point is that all the airlines, at least U.S.-based airlines, are requiring that you wear your mask during the entire flight uh, without exception. So that's definitely something to keep in mind as well. Um, there's been now numerous cases um, where people get on the flight and start panicking and Oh, I've seen tons of videos of people getting either dragged <laughs> off of planes for not wanting to wear masks or, uh, yeah, just in general, fights breaking out on airlines because of that. But there's, I'm sure, still a rarity. Yeah. most I'm sure most flights um, are still It's fairly... few and far between. Several of my uh, travel agent cohorts have been traveling, um, been going down to Mexico quite a bit, and they've had no issues. And we'll talk about the hotels in a few minutes yeah. Um, just as a highlight, when you see the CDC site, you'll see a map of the world with all the different countries. They are all color coded. And then you expand on that by clicking on where you want to go to. And it will give you that uh, the information. Yeah. Yes. The if breakdown. you don't know the CDC site and don't know how to Google, type in <laughs> cdc.gov and you will figure it out. And um, I'm, I, I'm assuming, too, that the map breakdown is color coded by uh, travel risk. That's correct. Yeah. If you notice by the map, it is mostly red. And by the time you watch this video, it'll probably still be mostly red, to be honest. But yeah, more of it, I would yeah. assume, would be red, actually. It's actually, it's all black now. Every Everywhere's <laughs> gone. Um, Deep, dark red. Uh, I wanted to ask, since we brought up the CDC, would you also recommend going on the country that you're trying to travel to's embassy site and check there as well? Or will the CDC already have all that information? So you're leading in a little bit too early to a topic we're going <laughs> to be discussing, which is the State Department site. So Hold on, that question. I will save it for 10 minutes from now. <laughs> yeah, please don't to... forget. <laughs> so we're going to move on to cruising. Um, there are tons of people. I am constantly getting calls and, and all that. People wanting to resume doing their cruises. People love cruising. Uh, it's a great way to see places and test places before you actually want to fly there and spend time there. So uh, I think everybody has heard the controversy regarding uh, Florida and Texas departure points. Uh, there have been issues because, uh, let's say, governmental people have chimed in oh. ab about allowing... Uh, cruise ships to run without making vaccinations a requirement. Uh oh. And uh, it just got overturned again. So it's now gone back and forth three times in the state of Florida. Um, and the court just, I think it was today or yesterday, changed the decision again 
to actually go not in favor of the CDC and to go in favor of the state of Florida to not make it a requirement for vaccinations. Now, once again, the cruise lines have a few options based on CDC to either do 95% of their passengers have to be vaccinated, including crew, or they can go run a test cruise to prove that they know how to handle a COVID outbreak. So, so is this a thing like you can get a smoking and non-smoking room and you can get a vaccinated or non-vaccinated <laughs> section of the cruise ship? That's a good idea, but that's not <laughs> how free it works. COVID with your cruise. Yeah, yeah. I would like to be in the COVID free section. Where is this? Is there a buffet part that I can stay away from? You, uh, you really want a cheap room? You get the room with the coffer. <laughs> it's like fifteen dollars off and a free, a free, uh, stocked mini fridge if you go with the COVID idiot. So, so, international cruises have actually been operating now. Uh, since early in the year, uh, mainly in Europe. Um, obviously, the U.S. has been the issue about leaving out of any U.S.-based ports. I know several of the major lines are now running out of the Caribbean. Uh, another major line is running out of Italy uh, and Greece. Um, the large cruise lines have now just started running out of uh, Seattle uh, slash Portland area for Alaska. Uh, and that includes the smaller lines as well. Um, the first ships out of Florida and Galveston, Texas uh, have just left as well. Um, there has already been one case of COVID outbreak for Alaska. Um, but it was handled right away, and it only affected three people. So that's oh, that's great. Throw those people right in the snow; it goes away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep it so, on ice until everyone's done. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it should be noted that uh, also the U.S.-based river cruises, which go out of New Orleans and do the Mississippi River, Ohio oh, yeah. River. You're planning on those. You were planning a trip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still, maybe planning a trip for the end of <laughs> September. To do the Columbia River Snake River cruise, um, and they have been running mm. and they've had no issues. But you got to remember, these river ships have less than two hundred people on board, and uh, most of them are requiring oh, uh, the vaccinations. That. Are they doing the ninety-five percent or everybody? My understanding is most of them are running at full capacity. Oh. I don't know if the big ships are doing that though. I would feel a lot safer on a 200 person cruise where everybody's vaccinated. So my yeah, question yeah. for the before we move on is yeah. like the the 95% is that more so um like a a leeway for passengers that are perhaps at risk for getting the vaccination but still want to travel? Is that why they have that 95% rule? You know, I'm ha first of all, I have an opinion that it's largely because some of these larger cruise ships have a lot of children that are on board oh, that are no. under the age of 12. Yeah. And they can't be vaccinated. They cannot be vaccinated. I think that's a large portion of the issue. Okay. The other portion is frequently there are people that cannot get vaccinated. Medical exempt. Yes. Medically exempt. And therefore, I believe that's also a percentage of the 95%. <clears throat> that may include... Cruise people, I don't know. You know, 
Weird, staff. weird that they don't just change the rule to be 100% 12 and up and then, you know, then just put in the rule that if it's you're medically, yeah, if you're medic- medically exempt or you're a kid, then you're fine. Or, and maybe even just limit the amount of those people who can be, sorry, those people, uh, <laughs> limiting the amount of medically people, exempt. That yeah. Can. That can be a part of yeah. the cruise ship and be like, Oh, we'll limit them. Well, to, I mean, like, technically the children are also medically exempt because there's no vaccine available for them to get. Well, right then you, you, that could so even be a selling point for medically adults, exempt like, is we are only allow 15 kids aboard this cruise ship. So and let's then it's like, Oh, talk know. a little bit about. What is important for you if you're going to go do the cruise? Um, and this is also applies to tours and some of the other travel requirements. First of all, you need to check your contract with the cruise line or other entity that you're making your trip with. Uh, a lot of them have employed some flexibility into your contract for cancellation for any reason. Oh, and it varies by who you're dealing with. So it's really important that you check your contract and speak to the provider of your services, be it a hotel, be it an airline, be it a whatever, cruise line. You need to check what those rules are about canceling at a last minute for any reason. Mm. The other thing that comes into play is travel insurance, okay? And a lot of the cruise lines have modified their travel insurance to deal with this cancellation that you get all your money back if you wish to cancel at any minute. Now, keep in mind that some of them are going to give your money back as a credit. So you need to understand Mm. what is part of that insurance. Do you get all your physical money back? In other words, credit to your credit card or whatever. Or are they going to provide you with a credit for you to move your date for sailing to a different date? So of course, yeah. This is all really important for the travelers to understand for hotels, for the tour, for the cruise lines. Airlines a little more tricky, and we'll talk about that in a minute here. So I have a question on that, actually. Yeah. yeah. So as part of the insurance, have you seen the, the trend uh lean more towards how like concerts and other things uh other like one-time events are doing it where it's like okay we're being flexible but if it's not covid related you have to pay for this insurance to be able to get your cost back or is it they've opened up a lot more in the flexibility aspect it they have and it, it depends on the vendor right your supplier but a lot of them have been very flexible about the options you have if you are choosing to cancel. Okay. So uh, some of them have made it so that you can get all your money back. And here's the exception. You will not get your money back on the cost of the insurance. Okay. Yeah. And typically you will not get back if you've gone through a travel agency or you've paid certain fees, um, you will not get the, the commission. agency's commission, right? Or you will not get the actual supplier fees back. Okay. And so you just have to, you really have to be aware of uh, of those requirements. It's more surprising because it's it's interesting to see 
in the other like events category, entertainment category, that they've already started to capitalize on that and be like, well, we we will offer if you you know cancel within this time period if it's specifically for this reason, but otherwise, this is the catch-all that you have to pay for, and you won't get this money back, but you'll get the rest of the money back. So it's interesting that the cruise the cruise lines have kind of gone more to the customer service friendly aspect rather than the ticket master i'm going to charge you yeah and part of that was because when initially covid hit and everything got stopped they had a nightmare i mean uh there were claims left and right to insurance companies and they said we don't cover natural disasters or pandemics and oh my goodness they heard a lot about oh so they 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 really heard the negative aspect of that so they decided to well, react yeah in a yeah contractually way. none of that stuff was there because they didn't expect it but then when it hit it was like well contractually we don't have to do that but going forward we'll change our rules right i right. mean it makes sense for them to do that too considering their business relies on such large overhead to keep things running as is that they can't afford to have customers be like well you burned us once we're not doing it again they no. need to yeah, make sure they that they have business people yeah, coming in for sure so we're going to go on and move to airlines, both international and domestic. And clearly those two are very different. Yep. Um, and it once again, this depends on your destination. Um, ironically, uh, you know, we all think things are getting better, but there are still some locations to travel to that are currently requiring that you quarantine when you get there. Real Japan. quick. Because I know a few people who don't know what the word domestic means. Domestic means in your own country, traveling inside your own country. International means outside of your own country. I had a conversation with somebody just the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, what kind of flight is that? Because something was offering a sale. And they're like, it's uh, inside the United States. And I'm like, that's domestic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, like Southwest style. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, yeah. Okay, go ahead, Dad. <laughs> so um, once again, this is Luke, uh, destination-based or location-based. Um, you may be required to quarantine, provide a negative COVID test, vaccination proof. Some places are now talking about the digital vaccine card over in Europe. They're talking about that. We actually have that here. Um, the travel insurance required is also for some destinations. So once again, that's driven by location. So that leads into checking with your airline to determine if additional requirements are in place for travel. Um, this is... You know, a requirement, obvious one is masks, but it depends on where you're going to. It may also depend on the airline uh, for the international airlines. And I'm not talking about U.S.-based ones like United, Delta, et cetera. But if you're going on one of the U.K. airlines. Oh, like British Airways. British Airways, Lufthansa, whatever. You may want to find out if there's any special requirements there. Um, once again, you need to check your airline contract because there may be something in there regarding their cancellation policy and any fees. When this initial COVID thing hit, people 
Some of them were getting nailed with huge fees to move their flights or to cancel. Uh, most of the time, they were given the liberty to not cancel the ticket, but reschedule the ticket. And I believe yeah. they had a year, and, and that's even with COVID a problem. Yeah. If I were you, I'd practice sleeping in a mask, especially depending on your plane flight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so now but most of the major airlines have, once again, a lovely little map uh, where you could go to for both uh, international as well as domestic flights. You can kick, uh, click on the location that you want to go on to, and it will once again tell you what you need to do in order to go there. And uh, the, the sites will depend on the airline. So United, as an example, has their own site. It comes up with a picture of the U.S., and once again, just like the CDC site, you can look at their international diagram and it's got also highlighted uh, the countries where you could see what the requirements are there. They have a little legend for you to look at. And um, very few places open to all visitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everywhere. Yeah, open with restrictions. Yeah, I thought that Mexico was very interesting to be open to all visitors. Yeah. As a matter of fact, like I said, I have uh, people, my, uh, friends of mine that are travel agents, uh, sorry, travel advisors, that's our new term, uh, that have been going down to Mexico quite a bit. And regardless of what their real status is in terms of how uh, the variants are going and everything else, they are open and uh, they've had no problem flying down there. Um, so questions on airlines, anybody? No, restricted it's, entry. Okay. I'm assuming they haven't really put any extra restrictions on stuff that you can take, like, uh, baggage wise. Like I'm assuming it's still the same as before. No, they, they have. They have? You cannot bring COVID with you on the plane. That's uh, what I was going to say. You probably uh, can't bring vials of COVID. Yeah. So there's no changes with respect to the TSA requirements and, uh, for those kind of limitations, you could go once again to the government site for the TSA, and it tells you what you're allowed to bring or not bring. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, on that yeah. list. They're they restricted entry into the to the area, and the only other thing is like you said, it's vaccine cards, and you know when were did you have a negative COVID test? And I mean, I've even seen places where like. Make sure you have the vaccine card and a negative COVID test to go in. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of overlap and redundancy to make sure that you're not sick coming in. I mean, a lot of these places are just straight up closed unless you need to get there for a certain reason. Even like business reasons are like, well, only if you really, really need to, but probably not. Yeah. As so, a matter of fact, that's a good point. Some countries are separating out for travel for pleasure versus business. Mm -hmm. So... Once again, those are highlighted uh, on most of the airline sites. So, uh, airlines still doing the like uh, no middle seat available right now? Or are they they are they fully the stocked? Up? Aren't they? They, they they're, they're they're opening up full full, full loads. People on top um, of each other. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's move on a little bit to <laughs> hotels, and these are a little different. Um, this is more about following CDC procedures or their particular country procedures 
about cleanliness of the rooms. Um, so what's happening between people going into a room is they're completely disinfecting the room. And as a matter of fact, some of the major hotels are actually putting a little seal on the room saying, you know, this room has been completely uh, disinfected and you're the first one to enter the room uh, for this day. Oh, I thought it was so kids don't break out of the room at night. You know, they put the little hair there and then they know if the kid, you know, came back out and went to somebody else's room. No, it's like opening a pack of uh, like new cards, like Ooh. trading cards where you break the seal on the door and you get that like new door smell. I hope there's like, a pressure difference. So you, you go, well, <laughs> well, I was going to say the real problem is, is even after they seal the room, the cups in the bathroom are still not clean. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, good. I'm glad that they're sealing the room to tell you if it's clean because, you know, there's a lot of time people are coming back in the rooms later, even while the, the cleaning staff is in there going, oh, I need to get my, I need to grab this. So the, the things that you need to be aware of, and once again, depending on location, please call your supplier or provider. Um, the extras may not be available. So, you know, depending on location, your pool, your sauna, your hot tub. Uh, the spa, the, you know, all that kind of stuff may or may not be available depending on where you're going. Uh, most of the places that I've checked on recently, the pools have been opened. But, you know, at any point in time, this may change. Um, the other thing is that something that many people have come to expect, which is the daily uh, cleaning of your room. A lot of the major hotel chains are actually considering stopping that. And so it only be cleaned uh, before you go in and cleaned when you leave. And if you wish to have daily service done, they may be charging a fee for that. That's actually and smart. Hazard pay. Yeah. I mean, some of the hotels that we stayed in uh, for the trip I talked about on the previous podcast, or two, two podcasts ago, um, Michael's trip. Yeah, Michael's trip. Um, a lot of them had changed their rule, even though I feel like they broke their own rules because they were cleaning a lot more often than they told us they would. But a lot of them were like, well, we're only going to clean your room before and afterwards until we had ants. But, you know, that was a, <laughs> that was a mean, whole separate other issue. That's helpful because it's for the hotel. It actually kind of saves the money. They don't have to do full floor uh, cleaning every single day. Yeah, it's more you watch after yourself and then they'll come and clean it up after you at the end. But yeah. I am noticing a very common theme right now is that in general, now more than ever is the time if you decide you're willing to take that risk to travel and you're wanting to do this stuff that you really need to read like all the fine print and really understand what you're held liable for and what is actually being done for you because that. Like you said, um, everyone seems to have different expectations. They have different things. Like if you get someplace expecting to use that pool and it's not available and you get upset, that's on you because everyone has restrictions right now and they're all operating to either their own standards or their own country standards, stuff like that. Well, so. strangely enough, at least for airlines, that's actually helping if you really want to jump in on this. Because there's a lot of airlines that are doing, like, right when they open up, it's cheap tickets. And then pretty quickly after that, they rise back up to the regular rates. So there's a, I'm not sure exactly which countries just opened up within the last two months. But a few did. And all of the plane, the plane flights were 
ridiculously cheap for them. So yeah. look, look quick, research well, and you will find a great trip in your future. Well, we're going to talk about that as we wrap up. Uh, the next topic is the State Department site. Once again, um, this is really critical. Um for everybody to check out if you're going to be traveling internationally. Uh, the State Department site actually goes by country and it will tell you what's, what the requirements are, what the dangers are. And this is good for anybody traveling internationally, be it a pandemic or not. Mm. It actually tells you dangers such as uh, pickpockets or uh, particularly bad at this location. Um, uh, this site has had issues with uh, auto theft, or they normally tell you like what visas you need to get as well and stuff like that too. Any right? kind of uh, uh, immunizations, be it yellow fever, whatever. Uh, any of those kinds of things are all on the State Department site. It's really a great site to to have in terms of you know, checking things out before you travel internationally. It's, it's, can't stress enough how important it is to go there. Really easy to remember, travel.state.gov. <laughs> That's one S, not two S's. Yes, and again, if you can't remember that, Google. Google's great. <laughs> so we're going to sort of go into the wrap-up here. We have uh, two more sections to go through. So destinations, domestic and international, are opening up depending on where. Um, critical to check the requirements for entry and exit out of those locations and check the CDC for travel information. Uh, COVID is clearly not done with us. Uh, the <laughs> variants are going crazy. Um, and it's not just by the way, the Delta variant, which has now become very prevalent in the US, but there's also in India, as an example, they have something called the Lambda variant. Yeah. And, and so who knows what's around the corner with the variants um, and what's around the bend with your immunization that you got. Uh, things are still being discovered about, you know, how long these are going to last and whether or not you'll need a booster and all that good stuff. So... Stay tuned and be ready to get tested before you go somewhere. Wash your hands. All the time. Yeah. It's better than hand sanitizer because you actually make your hands <clears throat> not stick to the diseases that you're touching. Hand sanitizer is one of the reasons, not the direct reason, but why variants can exist. Because diseases get killed off and the 0.01% that are remained are stronger. If those replicate, then they will go out. The problem is, is we shouldn't really be having to tell people to wash the. They should have been doing this stuff ahead of time, anyway. That is true, but <laughs> you know, the it's like thinking. I the way that I look at it, right, is that hand sanitizer is like vitamins. It's supplementary. It doesn't replace a good diet. The diet is soap in this instance. Yeah. Still use soap. Don't eat soap. Supplement. With if you want to be that person, don't eat soap. Hand, hand sanitize. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Hand sanitize. Yep. Use everything. Why not? Yeah. So <laughs> cruises are running in Europe. River, river cruises are operating in the U.S. and abroad. 
but the requirements can be changing frequently. So once again, behooves you to check with your supplier, with your travel advisor. And of course, I think it's pretty obvious, road trips are very popular right now in the US, mm -hmm. but you need to be aware of local restrictions because still there are states with bigger issues than others. And you need to find out what those restrictions are. Um, we, as Michael alluded to, we recently did a road trip. Didn't see too many issues other than being sure you wear masks. Um, and <laughs> some places. Yeah. Some places were like, oh, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, some places don't care. And, you know, that's then becomes a personal issue for you to wear mm -hmm. it if you want to wear it. Um, sort of closing on, on this whole topic of where travel is at. Choose your destination carefully. It's it. You need to be fully aware of where you're going, uh, be it a tour, read the contract carefully, be it a cruise, read the contract carefully, be aware if you're going to purchase insurance, which is probably not a bad thing during this time, read and understand what your policy covers. Uh, go over all the plans of what you are going to be doing on that trip. Uh, for example, I know a lot of the cruise lines that are doing domestic cruises have actually interviewed and checked with every element of the excursions. So they have a, a bus operator that has disinfected their bus, uh, that the person driving the bus has been you know, vaccinated, and that the destination of the excursion to, say, a museum or something, that's been checked out and, you know, so we're talking about a lot of details to look into if you're going to go do a trip, even domestically. Yeah. And probably especially true internationally. Uh, understand all those cancellation policies, travel insurance covered, just what we went over. Uh, I think uh, some interesting comments about small ships. Um, you know, one of the big thing beefs with, some of the bigger ships was that they have one HVAC system mm -hmm. that's for the whole ship, you know, and, and how are they doing filtration? Some of the small ships, actually, each room has its own HVAC. Ooh. And so, you know, you, you may be paying a little bit more in some cases, depending on, you know, the level of the cruise ship, mm -hmm. be it, you know, fancy or not. But... It's something to consider. Yeah. You know, it may be something to consider for people that are a little more nervous about COVID uh, to consider well, some of these smaller ships, be it a river ship or uh, one of the U.S.-based uh, river ships. Many uh, of the times, as well for more positives for smaller ships, is they can usually get to places bigger ships can't. That's very true. I, I very true. Remember, we've been on to an Alaskan ship that was able to get a lot closer to glaciers because it was smaller. And we've been on, oh, I don't remember where the other river ship one, the one that went literally through the river. Um, uh, where was that? Uh, it was in Europe, right? That, that through the river. Yeah, so, through a river. Uh, yeah. Either way, it was smaller than a bigger ship and it was able to traverse places that a, bi a big cruise ship would not be able to go to. So. It actually went through a canal yeah. in Germany, and the stack on the ship flipped over, and so it was actually able to get underneath bridges. That's cool. 
Yeah. But uh, you you can go for even a smaller ship if you choose a day trip. And you get one of those ships that drive on land and the water. You get one of those about like a duck aqueduct. Boat? Yeah. A duck tour. Yeah. <laughs> we, we won't be talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're talking about duck boats. Okay, excuse me, I mean, duck tour. Can you bring me to but, Europe? <laughs> but to give you a perspective on, on that topic, I just attended a travel seminar where uh, one of the French canal cruises was on there. And they actually have uh, their larger ship and smaller ship cover up to six people. Oh. <laughs> one covers four people and one covers six people. They have, you know, drink, you know, cafe au lait in the morning for you. They have cheese plates every night. Thousands Michael. of dollars <laughs> uh, a night. Ooh, it, caviar it, every night. It's Ooh. very relaxing and kick back. It's not like Sounds a, expensive. You know, yeah, but if you, you know, want not necessarily, not necessarily. Oh. It's something if you're interested to look into, but yeah, you know, there's a wide variety of, of smaller ships, less than 200 people. Uh, some of the ships have less than 600 people, but those are all still small compared to ships that are three I mean, to 4,000 with less people comes more catered service. So yeah, it's something to think about. And it also seems interesting because uh, if you're really worried, if you are wanting to travel and you're trying to, negate as much risk as you can having being on a smaller ship and traveling domestically will help that substantially it sounds like um because you know there are less thing less moving parts so to speak where things can go wrong but also if you do your research it sounds like you can have just as good of a time going to some really nice destinations on a smaller ship oh yeah i mean uh the mississippi river cruises are really interesting uh, some of them have uh, overnight stays to go do the uh, uh, Elvis Presley locations, you know. Uh, Graceland. Graceland, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, some of the, the they have jazz uh, tours of the Mississippi that leave out of New Orleans. I mean, it's just a whole wide variety of stuff. They have small ships that do Alaska for sure. Um, all the river cruises that do uh, Europe. Uh, do the Amazon, do the rivers in China. Uh, there's a lot of different options out there to do small ship cruising. And uh, they're not as expensive as you think. They're not, you know, peeking out with the luxury brand. Uh. Uh, but <laughs> to, to be honest, some of the, even the luxury brands are looking for opportunities uh, because they have just restarted like in the Caribbean and Greece, and they're running some great specials for people to just get on board and go cruise, you know? Yeah. So keep a lookout there. See yeah. what deals you can get. I mean, you'd be silly, really, to travel right now and not get a deal. If you That's exactly what I was you, saying earlier. <laughs> I was like, if you really want to go to a place, now would be the, the best time to kind of make an impulse decision to be like, I want to go there. Right yeah. when it opens, I'm buying a ticket, doing my research, and getting out there. That, or if you're really crazy, you go, okay, what's the biggest saving I can get? And just go there. Figure out, is it safe to go? Yes. Is it cheap to go? Yes. All right, I'm going. Oh, a $7,000 deduction on the cruise ship? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, thank you for joining us again. Uh, it's always nice to have a guest on the podcast. So thank you, Steve. No I problem. also said I would come back and say this. 
the embassy question that I had from earlier uh-huh. is also answered on travel.state.gov because they, I believe they also have a link to the embassy site, which gives you the information that they, they have on their own site. So it is, as I've done my research in Japan, <clears throat> it is filled with minutia and stuff that's incredibly boring, but make sure you read through it all and make sure you know exactly what you need to do because it would... In- be the worst thing in the world to schedule your trip you get there and they turn you back around because that's what would happen if you travel to japan right now if it's for tourism or being a visitor they would right when you land they would turn you around and get back on the plane it may be just as bad if you get there and you come down with covid Mm -hmm. and you can't get back here Mm -hmm. and so you are going to a hospital that potentially is not of the caliber of a u.s hospital so Um, yeah, depending can, on where you go, yeah, yeah, yeah and and by the way, uh, typically insurance does not cover evacuation, so that's something you also should look into, depending on location that you're going to. But as uh, Richard and Michael know, and probably Corey knows, when we did Antarctica, which we we did, uh, that was one of our last trips that we did do uh, during COVID, or well, pr- just prior to COVID. Uh, we did get evacuation coverage because evacuating, God forbid something happens while you're in Antarctica, could cost you over $100,000 to get out of there. That's crazy. The one airplane that just... (laughs) So yeah, read all your stuff, figure out what you need. But as usual, uh, you can contact us and let us know of any questions that you have at Genuinely Casual on whatever social media you're on. We'll be sure to put Steven's information in the description as well, I'm sure. Right, guys? Yep. Yep. So that if you guys have questions, you can send those questions to him if you're interested in travel at all. Uh, and yeah, Michael? Um, normally, I would say some kind of casual branded pun, but I'm going to say a reverse one because I think it's important. Don't travel casually. Yeah. It's important to remember that. Anyways, thank you. Bye, everybody.